Hello dear listener, welcome to Mouchtar FM today. I'm Florian and today I'm with... Okay, I think we will have the habit that will be alone for small programs when you heard my voice. And today for this gossip program, first I don't really know that I got some gossip program to make, so I will make something, of course. And I speak... The last time that I was alone, I speak about two actors, uh, American actors, Uh, that played in Western, we can say. But right now, I choose one, also an actor, but maybe in different way, because he's not a cowboy. He's more like a spy, a British spy, we can say, like James Bond, maybe. So yeah, I will speak about one of the many representations of James Bond in, in years, and more particular, Sir Sean Connery. So, who is it? Which, what is his career um, in personal life? Or maybe more, maybe less. We don't know because I don't know how many times that I will make for this one. So, let's go. So, Sir Sean Connery, born in an, the 25th of August 1930 and died the 31st of October 2020, was a Scottish actor. He was the first actor to portray fictional British secret agent James Bond on film, starring on seven Bond films between 1962 and 1983. Originating to the role in Dr. No, Sean Connery played Bond in the sixth of Aeon production entries and made his final appearance at the Jack Schwarzman produced Never Say Never Again. Sean Connery began acting in the smaller theater and television production until his breakout role is as Bond. Also, he did not enjoy the off-screen attention the role gave him. The success of the Bond film brought Connery offers from notable directors such as Alfred Hitchcock, Sidney Lumet and John Hudson. There are films in which Connery appears including Marnie, The Hill, Murder of the Orient Express and The Man Who Will Be King. He's also appeared as a bridge too far, Islander, The Name of the Rose, The Untouchable, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, one of my favorite f movies for this one, The Hunt of the Raid of Tauber, Dragon Earth, The Rock, The Finding Forest. Connery officially retired from the acting in 2006. Also, he briefly returned for the voiceover roles in 2012. His achievement in films were recognized with uh, Academy Awards, two BAFTA Awards, including the BAFTA Fellowship, and three Golden Globes, including the Cecil B. DeMille Awards and the Arianta Awards. In 1983, 87, sorry, I just messed up some uh, dates because it's quite complicated, it was made at Commander of the Order of the Arts and Letters in France. So it's quite good and received the U.S. Kennedy Center's Honor Lifetime Achievement Award in 1999. Curry was knighted in 2000 New Year's Honor for services to film drama. In 2004, Paul in the U.K. Sunday Herald recognized Curry as the greatest living Scot. And in 2011, Euro Million Survey named him Scotland's greatest living national treasure. He was voted by People magazine at the Sexiest Man Alive in 1989 and the Sexiest Man of the Century in 1999. But now let's speak about his life. So before he made some Bond's 
Things and Spicings. So, Thomas Cranry, this is the real name, was born in the Royal Maternity Hospital in Edinburgh, Scotland, on the 25th of August 1930. He was named after his paternal grandfather. He was brought up in the number 166 Fontaine Bridge, a block which is, has been since demolished. His mother, Euphemia McBain, Effie McLean, Wow, it's so complicated. Wow, it's, uh, I don't remember that the name of Scottish was so complicated. Was a cleaning woman. She was born the daughter of Neil MacLean and Ellen Forbes Rose, and named after the, her father mother, Euphemia McBain, wife of the John MacLean, and daughter of the William MacBean from Ceres of Fire. Canary's father, Joseph Canary, was a factory worker and urine driver. Two of his parental great-parents emigrated to Scotland from Wexford Island in the mid of 19th century, with his great-grandfather, James Conroy, being an Irish traveller. The remainder of his family was a Scottish descendant, and his maternal great-parents were a native Scottish Gaelic speakers from Five and Uig on Skye. It's complicated. His father was a Roman Catholic, and his mother was a Protestant. Connery had a younger brother, Neil, and he, he is generally referred to, to in, in this young Tommy. Also, he was small in primary school. He grew rapidly around at the age of 12, reaching his full adult height of 6 feet and 2. So, in centimeters, it's around 100, it's 1 meter 83 So it's kind of big. It's bigger than, it's taller than me. And at the age of 18, he was known during his 10 years as the big Tam, and said he lost his virginity to, uh, to an adult woman at the ATS uniform at the age of 14. So maybe, okay, so this is the small part, the crispy part we can say of this. He had an Irish childhood friend named Semius. Those who know that the Colcanry by his middle name Sean was were together due to alteration. Since then he preferred to be used his middle name. Conry's first job was the milkman in Edinburgh with the Sankant Bert Cooperative Society. In 2009, Conry recreated a conversion to taxi. When I took a taxi during a recent Edinburgh Film Festival, the driver was amazed that I could put a name to every street was paced. How come? he asked. As a boy, I used to deliver milk around here, he said. So what do you do now? That was the rather harder to answer. In 1946, at the age of 16, Conrad joined the Royal Navy, during which time he experienced two tattoos, of which his official website said, unlike my tattoos, there were no flavorous. His tattoo reflects two of the, his lifelong commitment, his family and Scotland. One tattoo as a tribute to his parents and reads Mom and Dad, and the other its self-explanatory Scotland Forever. His training in Portsmouth in the Naval Gunnery School and, uh, and in an anti-aircraft crew. He was later assigned as an able seaman of HMS Formidable. Formidable. I think this is like this. Conway was discharged from the Navy at the age of 19 on a medical ground because duodenal ulcer, a condition that affects most of the mates in previous generation of his family. Oh, 
Afterward, he returned to the co-op, then worked as among the other things. A Yuri driver, a lifeguard in Portobello swimming bus, a laborer, an artist model for the Edinburgh College of Art, and after a suggestion by former Mr. Stockland, R.K. Bretman, a co-fin polisher. The modeling earning him 15 shillings in an hour. Artist Richard Damco, at the time a student who painted in several early pictures of Conroy, described him as a very straight, slightly shy, too, too beautiful forward, a virtual Adonis. Conroy began bodybuilding at the age of 18 and from 1951 trained heavily with Ellington, a former gym instructor in the British Army. While his official website states it was served in the 1950 Mr. Universe context. Most sources places him in the 1933 competition, as a third of the junior classes are falling to place in the tall men classification. Connery said it was soon deterred from bodybuilding when he found the Americans frequently beat him in competition because of sheer muscle size, and, unlike Connery, refused to participate in athletic activity which could make them lose mus muscle mass. Connery was a keep footballer, having played for Bonnering Roses for younger days. He was offering a trials for with ST5. While on the tour of the South Pacific, Connery played on football matches against a local team that Matt Busby, manager of the Manchester United, happened to be scouting. According to report, Busby was impressed with his physical powerness and offering Connery a contract worth than £25 a week equivalent of 73 pounds in 2019. Immediately after the game, Connery said he was temporary to accept, but he recalled, I realized that a top-class footballer could be over the hill to the age of 30, and I was already 33. I decided to become an actor, and I turned out to be one of the more intelligent moves. And now we will speak about the career of Sean Connery in cinemas. So, Seeking the supplement in his income, Connery helped our backstage at the King's Theatre at the late 1951. During the bodybuilding competition held in London in 1953, one of the competitors mentioned that audition was being held for a production of South Pacific, and Connery landed a small part of one of the CB's chorus boys. By the time the production reached Edinburgh as he had been given the part marine caporal Hamilton Steves and was understudying two of the juvenile leads. And his salary was raised from £12 to £14 a week. The production returned the following years out of popular demand and Connery was promoted to the feather role of Lieutenant Buzz Adams, which Larry Agman has portrayed in the West End. While in Edinburgh, Conroy was targeted by the Va Valdor Gang, one of the most violent in the city. It was the first approach by them on the Beard Hall, where he was prevented them for the stealing his jacket and he was later following by six gang members to the 15-foot high balcony at the Palais of the Dance. There, Conroy slightly launching an attack against the gang member, grabbing one of the throat and another by the biceps and cracked their hands together. From, the, from there on, 
he was treated with the great respect by Dugan and gained the reputation as a hard man. So, Conry first met May Chalken at the party during the production in South Pacific in 1954. And the two later became close friends. During the production of the Opera House, Manchester's over the Christmas period in 1954, Conry developed a serious interest in the theatre through American actor Robert Anderson, who lent him copies to the Ibsen works Ebda Gabler, The Wild Duck, and When We Dead Awaken, and later listened works by the likes of Proust, Tolstoy, Turgenev, Bernard Shaw, Joyce, and Shakespeare from him to digest. Anderson urged him to take elocution lessons to get him part to the Maida Vale Theatre in London. He had already begun a film career, having been an extra in Exbert Wilkes' 1945 musical Lilacs in the Springs alongside Anna Nagels. Also, Conry has secured several roles as extras. He has struggling to make ends, uh, ends meet and was forced to accept a part-time job as a babysitter for journalist Peter Noble and his actress wife Marianne which earned him 10 shillings at night. He met Hollywood actress Shelley Winters one night at the Noble's house, was described Conry as one of the tallest and most charming and masculine Scotsmen she'd ever seen and later spent many every evening with the Conry's brother drinking beer. Around this time, Conry was residing in the TV presenter Lou Gardner's house. Anderson landed Con Conry a role uh, in a six pound a week and cure theater production of Agatha Christie's Witnesses for the produ pro Prosecution, during which he met a became friend with fellow Scott Jan Benen. The role was followed by the point of departures in a witch in time at Q a role of Pantasus opposite Ivan Mitchell and the Bacchae of Oxford Playhouse as a role opposite Jill Bennett and Eugene O'Neill's plays Anna Christie. During his time at the Oxford Theatre, Conry won a brief part of the boxers at the TV series In the Square Rig, before being spotted by the Canadian director Alvin Rakoff, who gave him multiple roles in the condemned spots. Condemned. Shot on location in Dover in Kent, in 1956, Conry appears in the theatrical production of Epitaph and played a mirror role at the Odlum in the Ladies in Minor episode of a BBC television police series Dixon and of Drug Green. That was followed by a small television part of Sailor Fortune and the Jack Benny programs, one of the special episodes filmed in Europe. In early 1957, Conry hired, uh, hired agent Richard Hatton, who got him in the first role movie. As Spike, a minor gangster with his speech independent in Montgomery Tully's No Road Back alongside Skip Rive, or Skip Mayer, Paul Carpenter, Patricia Dighton, and Norman Woodland. In April 1957, Rakoff, after being disappointed by Jack Palance, decided to give him the young actor his first chance to in a leading role. As a cast, Conry as Mountain Mag 
Madeline Cog in the BBC television production and recurrent for the heavyweight, which also starred Warren Mitchell and Jacqueline Hill. He then played a rogue lorry driver, Johnny 80s, and C. Edfield's Hales Drivers, alongside Steady Bakers, Urban Lom, Peggy Cummins, and Patrick McGowan. Later in 1957, Conry appears in a Terence Young's poorly received M MGM action pictures action of the Tigers opposite Von Johnson, Martin Carroll, Herbert Lom, and Gustavo Hall. The film was shot on location in the southern Spain. He also has a minor role in Gerald Thomas' thriller Tim's Look as a welder, appearing alongside Robert Betty, Lee Patterson, Betty McDowell, and Vin Vincent Winter. This commencing filming the 1st of December 1956 in Bacon Studio. Connery has a major role in the Maldrodona Other Time, Another Place, as a British reporter named Mac Trevor, caught in, in the love affairs Lona Turner and Barry Sullivan. During filming, Turner's possessive gangster boyfriend, Johnny St Stompotanato, St what? Stompanato? I, I, oof, this name is complicated. Stompanato, yes. Who was visiting from Los Angeles, believed she was having an affair with Connery. Connery and Turner had attended West End shows and London restaurants together. Stampanato stormed into the film set and pointed a gun at Connery, only to have Connery disarm him and knock him flat on his back. Stampanato was banned from the set. Two Scotland Yard's detectives advised Stampanato to leave and escort him to the airport, where the boarded and planed back to the US United States. Connery later rec reckoned that he had to lay low for the while after receiving straight from the mine liking in Stampinato's bosses, Mickey Cohen. In 1959, Connery landed as leading role at director Robert Stevenson's Walt Disney production film Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Alongside Albert Sharp, Jeanette Murnau, and Jimmy Odea, the film has the is a tale about a willy Irishman and his battle of wits with Lip Yeprocho. I don't really know how to pronounce Yeprocho, Yeprocho, I don't know. Upon the film initial release, Whaler of the New York Times praised the cast. Safe Connery Wound is described as merely tall, dark, and awesome, as through the film an overall overpoweringly charming concussion of standard Gaelic tour stories, fantasy, and romance. He also had prominent television roles in Rudolf Carter's 1961 production An Adventurous Story of and Anna Katharina in BBC Television, the latter of which uh, he co-started with Claire Bloom. Also in 1961, he portrayed this role in the CBC Television film adaptation Shakespeare's Macbeth, with Australian actress Zoe Gadvel cast as Lady Macbeth. Connery's breakthrough came in the role of the British secret agent James Bond. He was reluctant to commit to the film series, but understood that if its film succeeds, his career will be greatly benefit. Between 1962 and 1967, Connery played 007 in Dr. No, From Russia with Love, Godfinger, Thunderball, and You Only Live Twice, the first five Bond film produced by Aeon Production. 
After departing from the role, Conrad returned for the seventh film, Diamond of Forever, in 1951. Conrad made his final appearance in Bond in Never Say, in Never, Say Never Again in 1983, remake of Thunderbolt produced by Jack Schwarzman Taliafin. All seven films were commercial, commercially succeeded. James Bond, as portrayed by Conway, was selected as the third greatest hero in cinema history by the American Film Institute. Conway's selection for the role of James Bond on A Lot of Dana Bo Broccoli, wife of the producer Albert Kuby Broccoli, who is reputed to have been instrumental in persuading her husband that Conway was the right man. James Bond creators, Ian Fleming, originally duped by Conry casting, saying, is not what I envisaged of James Bond books, and I'm looking for Commander's Bond and not an overgrown stuntman. Adding that Conry, mm, kinda, we can say he was, he got a, a good physics, was a refinade. Fleming's girlfriend, Blanche B Blackwell, told him Conry as a Rick requisite sexual charisma, and Fleming changed his mind after the successful Doctor No premiere. He was so impressed, he wrote Conry's heritage into the characters. On his 1963 novels, You Only Live Twice, Fleming wrote that Bond's father was Scottish and from Glen Glencoe or the, in the Scottish Highland. Conry's portrayal of Bond on much to Testally Tuntelage from director Terence Young, who helped polish him while using his physical grace and presence to the action. Lois Maxwell, who played Miss Moneypenny, related that Terence took Sean under his wing, he took him to the dinner, showing him how to work, how to talk, how to eat. The tutoring was successful. Connery received thousands of fan letters a week after Dr. No's opening and he became a major sex symbol in, in film. Following the release of the Dr. No in 1962, the line Bond, James Bond, becomes the catchphrase of lexicon of Western popular cultures. Film critic Peter Bradshaw Wright is the most famous self-introduction from any character in movie history. Three cool monosyllabies, surname first, a little shortly, um, as befit a former naval former, and then as, a f as through the first name, followed it by the surname again. Conroy carried it off with icily disdainful style and full evening dress with a cigarette hanging from his lips. The production was a kind of challenge or seduction, heavily addressed to the enemy. In the early 60s, Conrad's James Bond was the, about the dangerous and sexes as the god on the screen. During the filming of Thunderball in 1965, Conrad's life was in danger in the sequence with the sharks in El Nio Largo's pool. He had been considered about the, this threat when he read the script. Conrad insisted that Ken Adams build a special plexiglass partition inside the pool. But that was not fixed structures, and one of the sharks managed to pass through it. He had an, to abandon the pool immediately. Also, Bond has made him a star. Conroy grew tired of the role and he pressured the franchise to put on him, saying, I'm fed up to here with the world Bond beat. And 
I have always hated to damn that damned James Bond. I like to kill him. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Michael Caine said of the situation, if you were his friend on these early days, you didn't raise the subject of Bond. He was and is a much better actor than just playing James Bond. But he became synonymous of James Bond. He's walking down the street and people say, look, they're James Bond. That they were practically upsetting to him. Why making the Bond's movie? Can we also study in other films such as Alfred Hitchcock's Marnie's and Sidney Lumet's The Hill? Which film critic Peter Bradshaw regard, regards as his two great non-Bond pictures in the 60s? In Marnie's, Conry stared opposite T.P. Eddin. Conry has said he's wanted to work with Hitchcock, which Aaron arranged through their contract. Conry also shocked many people at the time by asking to see the script, something he did because he was worried about, about being typecast as a spy or he did not want to do a variation of North by Northwest or Notorious. When told by Hitchcock's agent that Gary Grant is not asking asked to see even one of Hitchcock's scripts, Conry, rep, uh, Sean Curry's replied, I'm not Gary Grant. Hitchcock and Conry got on well during the filming. And Conry said he was happy with the film with a certain reservation. In the era, Conry wanted to act in the summer thing that wasn't Bond related. And he used his leverage of the stars of feature it. While the film wasn't a financial success, it was a f critical one, debuting at the Cannes Film Festival winning Best Screenplay. The first of five films he made with Lumet, Conry considered him to be one of the favorite directors. The respect was mutual, with Lumet seeing of Conry's performance on the hill, the thing that he was appears to me and the most directors was how much talent and uh, an ability to text to plane this kind of characters was is based on charm and magnetism. Is the equivalent of high comedy and is did it brilliantly. Having played Bond six times, Kermit Globo's popularity was such as a shared a Golden Globe Arianta Award with Charles Bronson for World for Film Favorite Male in 1972. It appears in John Huston, the man who build, who would be the king opposite to Michael Caine. Playing two former British soldiers who set themselves up as kings in Karifstan, both after regard of the, their favorite film. The same years, it appears in The Wind and The Lion opposite Candice Bergen, who played Eden Pedekarasi, based on the real-life Pedekarasi accident and in 1976 played Robin Hood in Robin Hood and Mariam opposing Audrey Hepburn, who played Maid Mariam. Film critic Robert Roger Herbert, who had raised the double act of Conry and Kane in The Man Who Would Be King, praised Conry's chemistry with Hepburn, writing, Conry and Hepburn seems seem to have arrived to the tacit understanding between themselves and their characters. They glow, they really, to, they really do the seem in love. During the 60s, Connery was part of the ensemble cast in the movies such as Murder in the Orient Express with Vanessa Redgrave and John Gelblood, and playing a British Army general in Richard Asbrod's war film A Bridge Too Far. <laughs> 
co-starting Dick Bodgard and Laurence Olivier. In 1974, he started in John Borman's sci-fi thriller Zardoz, often called of one of the weirdest and worst movies ever made. It features Connery as a Scarlet Mankini, a rivaled costume which generally generate much controversy for his unborn-like appearance, despite being played by critics at the time. The film has developed a cult following since its release. In the audio commentary to the film, Borman related how Henry would write poetry in his free time, describing him as a man of the great depths and intelligence, and possessing the most extraordinary memory. In 19 81, Conry appears at the film Time, Bounding in Agamemnon. The casting choice deri derives from the jokes Michael Palin, including in the script which describes the characters removing his mask and being Sean Conry, or someone of the equal but cheaper status. When sh shown the script, Conry was happy to play the supporting role. In 1981, he portrayed Marshall William T. O'Neill, In the science fiction thriller Outland, in 1982, Conry United Go LA, the official film in 1982 FIFA World Cup. The same year, it was offered the role of Daddy Wadbrooks in Annie, going as far as taking voice lessons and John Hudson musical before turning down the part. Conry agreed to, rep to reprise Bond at the adjunct Agent 007 in Never Say Never Again, raising in October 1983. The title contributed to his wife Free fell to earlier statement that he would never again return to this role. Also, the film performed well at the box office. It was plagued with production problems, strife between the directors and producers, financial problems, the flaming estate trustees, attempts to the film and Curry's wrist being broken by fight choreographer Steven Seagal. Yeah. As a result of his negative experience during filming, Curry became unhappy with the major studio and did not make any film for two years. Following the successful European production, The Name of the Rose, for which he won the BAFTA Award for Best Actors, Curry's interest in more commercial materials was revived. That was The same year, his supporting roles in Highlander showcases his ability to play older mentors to younger leads, which became a recurring role in many of these later films. In 1987, Conrick starred in Brian De Palma's The Untouchables. They were played in Hard Noisy Irish American Cop alongside Kevin Costner's Elliot Nessies. The film also starred in Charles Martin Smith, Patricia Clarkson, Alice Andy Garcia, and Robert De Niro as Al Capone. The film was a critical and box office success. Many critics praised Connery of his performance, including Roger Herbert's wrote, the best performance in, in, the movie, in the movie is Connery. He brings a human element in his character. He seems to have an existence apart from the legend of the untouchable. And when he's on screen, we can believe, briefly, this the Prohibition era was inhabited people, not caricatures. For his performance, Curry received the Academy Awards for being supporting actors. And Curry starting in Steven Spielberg, Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade 1989, playing Henry Jones Sr., 
the title character's father and received BAFTA and Golden Globes Award nomination. Harrison Ford said Conry's contribution to the writing stage announced the film. It was amazing for me in how far he got to the script and went after explo exploiting opportunities for his character. His suggestion to George Lucas as the writing stage really gave the character and the pictures a lot of more complexity and value than he had the original screenplay. Subsequent box office is it included the hunt for Red October, the Russia House, the Rock, the Epsomont. In 1996, he voiced the role of Draco the Dragon in the film Dragon Earth. He also appeared in the brief cameo in the King Richard the Lion Heart in the end of the Robin Hood Prince of Thief. In 1998, Connery received the BAFTA Fellowship a Lifetime Achievement Award from British Academy, Academy of Film and Television Art. And I think... I, we can say that's all. No, not that's all. But with all the time that I got, I can't speak about only for this time. So that was the story, the life, the short life. But you have, a, you have also a lot of things to discover about Sean Connery, these magnificent actors. So thank you, the listener, to listen to me about the life of Sean Connery. That was Florian on Mushta FM on this gossip program. And I can say, see you next time. Not the same person, not the same topic, but uh, maybe, maybe somewhere else. We will see. You will see. So, dear listener, bye.